Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Good morning. Well, your fellow students uh, greet you from across the river at um, Kirkland Correctional Institution, the Prison Initiative Program. We have 21 students that are uh, studying there, getting their associate's degree in biblical studies. 13 of them will be uh, graduating with some of you this December, um, where they'll be going on to serve the Lord around the state of South Carolina. And the, once they receive their degree, they'll serve underneath chaplains at the institutions around the state where they'll minister to their fellow inmates there, reaching them for, with the gospel of Christ. And so we praise God for that. And uh, we annually have uh, seen through their ministry, their actual ministry amongst other inmates, uh, annually we see about 1,500 people come to Christ. Amen. We've been doing this program for 15 years now, and out of the 15 years, we've seen around 15,000 people dedicate their lives to Christ, and maybe 18,000 rededicate their life to Christ. So God is moving in the prison initiative, and we just praise God for that. Can we give a hand for that? And, and just briefly, if you are a teacher, faculty member who is teaching or have taught in the Prison Initiative Program, or you're in staff and you've served over there, um, or you're part of the Prison Initiative staff, could you just briefly stand so everybody can recognize who you are? All of the faculty that have taught and are teaching. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. So students, if you saw one of your teachers, you can maybe take some time to ask more about the Prison Initiative and what we do over there. I do want to give a shout out to uh, community group number four. And uh, anybody in community group? Got one hand. Come on now, we can do better than that. <laughs> Amen. They, now they asked me to do that, and now they're not responding. Like, <laughs> but we're so glad, and uh, we've been um, working with community group, and I've been really enjoying that opportunity. Um, so we've had an opportunity recently to, um, as CIU, to have an outward look on what's going on in our world, um, on the politics and the issues of our day. And so the Lord has led me, however, to allow us to let's take an inward look. And so he's led me to lead you to Genesis chapter five, verses 21 to 24. And what we wanna talk about this morning it's really a, a very personal question. How is your walk? Again, an inward look. And we want to talk about walking with God. And we're looking at one character, this man named Enoch. So read with me Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 to 24, as we read about Enoch. The Bible says Enoch lived 75 years and begot Methuselah. 
after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God, listen to this, 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch, he says again, walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. I believe there's some lessons we can learn. Just a few verses, not much said about Enoch. Other characters in scripture, we have chapters, but just four verses referring to Enoch. And as we look at him, we'll find that Enoch was the seventh from Adam through the line of Seth. And number seven, Enoch represents the highest attainment of godliness in that point. In the genealogy of Adam, through the line of Seth, you'll notice, if you read earlier, that all of the other names were given a formulaic expression. They lived, they begot so-and-so, but when it came to Enoch, this unique expression was given to him. He walked with God. The only other person given in scripture with that phrase, that description, that characteristic of walking with God was Noah. The, 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 in Genesis 6, 9, it says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah's a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. Walk in scripture characterizes a personal life before God. Many kings characterize of them in, in, in Samuels and Kings and, and Chronicles. It talks about them walking in the ways of their fathers. Um, and then it will be some kind of description, whether good or bad, that they would, they would do right in the eyes of the Lord or they would do evil in the eyes of the Lord. The kings of Judah and of Israel their walk before God. Walking with God denotes a closer relationship, one of intimacy and close communion. But Enoch's walk was not only different from all the others that were listed in this text, but it also says something else, that God did not let him taste death. He took him. Hebrews 11.5 sheds a little bit more light on Enoch where it says that Enoch, by faith in his walk with God, said that God took him, translated him, did not taste death. Why? Because God was pleased with him. Again, Enoch's walk was distinct. He didn't taste death. All the others lived, had children, and died, but not Enoch. Enoch lived, he had Methuselah, and at age 65, the scripture says he walked with God. And when he was 365 years old, God just snatched him up 
and spared of the spirits and death. The only other person that we know in Scripture that God just translated like that was Elijah. When it was time for him to go to the Lord, he was caught up in the chariot. Very interesting, very unique. And the thing that we need to understand is he did this for 300 years. We won't reach 300 years. Most of us will not even get to 100. And he lived 365 years, a year for the day of our actual year. And out of 365 years, 300, the latter part of his years, he walked with God. There are some lessons we can learn here. First of all, I wanted to share in Enoch's walk with God, this was an individual walk. This was also an intimate relationship. He, it, was, it didn't say anybody else but him walk with God. Uh, the Bible says he did it. This verse paints a picture of walking with God as if there are two friends walking together in communion, in fellowship. It paints a picture of God and Enoch being friends. How can you walk together unless you agree? How could he walk for 300 years with God and not be his friend? They had a personal relationship. So much so that Jesus said in John 15, this, this idea of being a friend of God, he tells his disciples on his way to Calvary, after he spent so much time with his disciples, he says, I don't call you servants anymore. Servants don't know what his master is doing, but I call you a friend. So I've told you everything that the Father has given me to tell you. He says, early, you are my friend if you do what I tell you. So before we, I know we love that song, I am a friend of God, but it's not as easy as just to say I'm his friend. He says, if you're my friend, you'll do what I tell you. And there is a progression from being just a servant to being a friend. As Jesus said, a servant is somebody that when the master gives order, the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but they'll do it anyway. And when we start walking with Jesus and start, when we get in our relationship with the Lord, we, we might do things he tells us to do and commands us to do. We don't know why, we, we, we don't understand, but yes, Lord, I'll do it. But a friend is somebody who's walked with God for a while. A friend is somebody who, is, who is, can be trusted to be a steward. A friend is somebody who, if God is not around, like a, if a master is gone and the steward is in charge and, and something happens, that steward say, well, the master's not here, but I know how he thinks. So I'll do it his way. That's what a friend is. And Enoch had walked with God all these years. Intimate relationship. Personal. Individual. He was close to God. You cannot be God's friend if you're disobeying him. And, they're not, and therefore you cannot walk with him if you're not in agreement with him. 
Secondly, Enoch walked with God. Notice here, he walked with him. He didn't walk before him. He didn't walk behind him. He walked with him. Walking with God denotes that you're on God's pace, not on your own pace. You're doing it God's way. Because when you're walking with God and following God, Jesus says, if you come after me, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. See, it's not God getting on our pace, but it's us getting on his pace that we would walk with him. God sets the pace. And so Enoch rejected all the temptation to, to, to go at his own pace, to jump before God, to, to be impatient and jump out there and do it on his own. He also rejected the temptation to lag behind him in his walk with God. And so that's the thing that when we're walking with God, we got to go at his pace. Sometimes God is slow in our estimation. I believe sometimes God moves maybe three miles an hour. And, and we get impatient and we want to do things when we want to do them. We might even pray, but, but at some point we, we get antsy and we jump out there and go ahead of God. Let me tell you something. I've learned this in 20 years of ministry. There's only one thing worse than waiting on God. It's wishing that you had. Amen. Has anybody ever been there? Yes. Where you should have waited on God, but you jumped out there and did something anyway. And now that you've gotten out there, you regret it. If I just waited just a little while longer, things would have been a whole lot better for me. But I was impatient. God told me to wait, but I, I, I wanted to go and do it. And now I wish I had waited. But also the rejection to lag behind. He walked at God's pace, walking with him. Sometimes instead of jumping ahead of God, sometimes we lag behind. In other words, we procrastinate. God is on the move and we don't want to go where God wants us to go. And we drag our feet. I have a 15-year-old at home. I have an 8-year-old at home. And it's funny to see when we, uh, my wife and I tell them to do something. Y'all been there. And they drag their feet. You know what, you know what that is? That's, that's procrastination. And you know what procrastination is? It's disobedience in slow motion. That's exactly what it is. Because he's telling you to move, but, but you're procrastinating. You're being disobedient in slow motion. Y'all quiet on me this morning. I don't know. Do I have anybody? Somebody said they're going to say amen. amen. Uh, community group four, can y'all say amen with me just for a little bit? Uh, <laughs> amen. He walked with God. It was an individual walk, an intimate walk. It was also a God-paced walk. Here's another lesson we can learn from Enoch. It was a sacrificial and intentional walk. Imagine 
walking with God for 300 years, what he had to give up to walk with God. Imagine the sacrifice. He gave up time to spend time with God. He, he, there could have been times when he wanted to walk elsewhere. He said, no, but I want to walk with God. Imagine that he had to be intentional about what he would do with this time. God is, since the creation of man, wants to walk with man. In the garden, he would normally, before the fall, would walk to find Adam and Eve and walk and talk with them. But when the fall came, here God comes again, as he would normally do in the cool of the day, to walk with Adam and Eve, only to find that they're missing. And so therefore he calls out to them, where are you? Adam responds, well, I was afraid, so we were been, been hiding. Ever since then, God has been wanting to walk with us. But to walk with God means that you have to sacrifice. You have to be intentional. You, you, you have, to, have to personally abandon all of your own agenda in time. You're li literally living on God's schedule and nobody else's. Enoch didn't go where he wanted to go. He went where God wanted him to go. He, he, he went when God wanted him to go. Walking with God means that when he says, get up and let's go together, we get up. When he tells you to go to a foreign land, for example, that's when we, okay, Lord, I'll walk with you because that's where you want me to walk. He tells Abram, leave your home, your family, and go where I tell you. I'll meet you there. And Abram sacrificed to go. He tells Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. You ran from them years ago. But now I want you to go back and to deliver my people. It's a sacrifice. It's being intentional. Being intentional means that you pursue God, that, that you seek after him. The Hebrew writer said, again, sheds more light on Enoch's life. He says uh, in, in Hebrew 11:5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And verse 6 ties right in, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seeks him. God wants to be pursued. That means that we have to be intentional of going after and, and walking with God. Enoch, walk with God. It requires a sacrifice. You have to give God time. You have to be intentional. When you could be doing other things, you can be saying, no, but I think I want to walk with God. Imagine Enoch's friends would say, hey, Enoch, can you hang out with us for a minute? No, I can't. I got a, I got a date. I got time. I need to be with God. Here's another point. Enoch walked with God 
which means that he spent a large amount of personal time with God. In other words, it was a long abiding walk. He sought to abide with him. Just God and him together, talking about everything they wanted to talk about. It, it meant that Enoch actually enjoyed being in God's presence, being alone with God. He didn't avoid those times or rejected those times to be by himself with God. You know, some people hate being by themselves. They feel an overwhelming sense of loneliness. So instead of being alone, they fill those empty times with whatever they can find. Friends, TV, games, activities. They, they seem like they just don't want to ever be alone. Even ministry can be a distraction from being alone with God. Even college, studying about God can be a distraction from being alone with God. Because we can substitute the Bible for a textbook. And we would only do our assignments for the class. But we won't get into the word to be alone with God. Don't fall into the trap of being surrounded by godly things but missing God. Surrounded by godly people and think that you're okay, but you are not establishing a walk on your own with God. Our Lord shows us how this looks, even in high-profile ministry. He would steal away. He would get up early. His disciples would be looking for him, and they oh, yeah, I know where he is. He's spending time with the Father. Enoch invested a lot of time. Here's another point we need to see here. Walking with God means practicing daily in our lives the reality of the presence of God. There was a friar by the name of Brother Lawrence in the 17th century that wrote letters that, that talked about this idea of practicing the presence of God. He, he was working on just recognizing that God was always in his presence, always with him, so that wherever he was, God was there. The challenge is God is invisible, and we don't see him. And sometimes out of sight means out of mind. But when you practice the presence of God, you're saying that, you're, you're intentionally saying to yourself, God is right here with me. That, that's where Paul was saying you, you need to pray without ceasing. It's the attitude and it's the idea that I can pray to God and talk to God all day long. Not just when I do my quiet time, but he's always with, when I'm driving in the car, nobody else is in the car, he's in the car. When I'm on the telephone or, or talking to somebody, he's right in the midst of the conversation. When you practice daily the presence of God, it will change how you behave. Because when God is present, you, you won't say certain things when nobody else is listening, because he's listening. 
You won't do certain things in the cover of darkness because he sees dark like light. He's right there with you. You know, it's funny as a pastor, it's interesting when, you know, I go to the barbershop and, uh, and they know who I am. Before I get there, they're having all kinds of conversations and language and everything. And then when I show, oh, hey, preacher, they change their language. They change their conversation. And, and you know, try to dress it up. I, I, I appreciate the level of respect. But my thing is, I'm not the judge. I'm not God. But God has been here the whole time. So don't change on my account. But if God is present, you ought to watch your language all the time. Y'all quiet on me here. I feel like I'm at church now. I feel a little freer now. Uh, when, when, when I go to and do officiate uh, um, weddings and, and we do the officiating of the wedding and do the wedding, and then they invite me to the wedding reception and they, they treat me nice and, and feed me and, and everything, but after a while, somebody come, hey, Rev, how you doing? Everything went well? Yeah. Did you enjoy yourself? Past tense. Have you enjoyed yourself? And what they're hinting at says, well, Rev, mm, it's getting late, Rev. You want to go home and study? Why? Because they want the preacher to leave so they can really get down and have some fun. But my thing is, whether I'm here or there, whether you're here or there, God is always there. And when we practice the presence of God, it'll change how we live and how we walk. Here's my last point. Enoch walked with God persistently and progressively. I've learned that if you do anything long enough, consistently, you'll get better at it. Whether that's good or bad, you'll get better at it because you're, you just continuously do it. And let me bring it up again. Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Now, I don't imagine that when he first started walking with God that he was doing it perfectly. I don't think he even did it perfectly after 300 years, but, but over time, he got better at it. The things that you want to learn to do, if you get started and if you're consistent, you'll get better at it. I know I got a lot of athletes here that when you first started playing, you know, you were at a certain level, but, but as you continue to practice and, and continue to have coaches to, to teach you the fundamentals, you got better at it. And so when you're walking with God, if you're persistent, you'll have a better walk. You, you'll continue to get better at it. This long tenure, this progressive walk, I believe he got better. How do I know? Because the Bible says God was so pleased that he just translated him. As if to say, Enoch, you know what? You've been walking with me so long. Let me just take you with me. I, I just, let's just translate you. You don't have to taste death. Let's just go home together. And we grow from a young age in the faith to an older age in the faith. And we move from, from being dragging behind him to now we're walking with him. We move from being just a servant, just doing what he tells us, to being a friend. 
I do it because I know God's heart. I love him. It's not out of fear, but it's out of love. I think we can learn a lot from Enoch as he walked with the Lord. So as I close, the challenge today is, how's your walk? How are you doing with it? I know some of you came here, and I've heard some of you share, you came here because you wanted a closer walk with the Lord. How are you doing with that? Have you allowed even things on this campus to distract you from your walk with him? Some of you came and may not have been that clear desire to have a closer walk with the Lord, but you came because a door opened for you or you saw an opportunity. And so you're here. But I got to tell you, God opened that door. God gave you that opportunity so that he would have a closer walk with you. He, he put you here. He placed you here so that he would establish for all of us a closer walk with him. So the encouragement and the challenge is let us keep the main thing the main thing. Don't get caught up in all the, the hoopla and all the stuff and all the debates and all the issues and all, all that other stuff that the world is getting caught up on. We want to establish a closer walk with God. And when we have a closer walk with God, then he will direct us. When we trust him with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding, acknowledge him in all of our ways, he will direct our paths. He will give us direction. Some of us don't know what's next after this. That's, that's fine. I, I was the same way. I came almost 20 years ago as a student and trying to figure out what God wanted me to do, to do next. All I knew was he called me here to, to study for a ministry I didn't know specifically what. But by the time I left, as I was pursuing a walk close to him, he began to order my steps. I thought I was going back to D.C. 20 years later, we're still here. How's your walk? Are you walking with God? Or are you walking away from God? Are you walking with him? Or have you allowed something to cause you to walk in a different direction? That's the inward look today. Let's walk with the Lord. Let's serve him. Let's allow him to share with us all those secret things he wants to talk to us about so that we would grow in our faith, our love for him, and even our service for others. So if you're here today and you need a closer walk, we just want to extend an invitation. Maybe you need to walk towards him today. Maybe you need to acknowledge I'm so far from you and I feel it, but I want a closer walk. It's just a decision that you make to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it your way. Everybody bow their heads, we'll close in prayer. Father, we, none of us have a perfect walk. 
and none of us will. Doesn't matter how long. And I imagine even in year 300, Enoch was still learning what it means to be even closer to you. Oh God, may we continue to pursue you. May we be intentional. May it be personal. May we even realize the need to sacrifice and let things go. May we, Father, learn your pace and walk with you. And we know, Father, I know, your word describes when we walk with you, we grow with you. We have a deeper relationship with you. So I pray for our school. I pray for our president all the way down. All of us, God, faculty, students, help us to walk with you. May not experience what Enoch did in just the translation, but I think that's a good reference of when you return, that those who did will rise first, but those who remain will just be caught up with you in the air to be with you forever. Lord, bless this school. Bless each and every student, faculty, and staff. May we bring you glory in these dark and challenging times. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.